What's going on, podcast world? It's your man, Terrence J. Welcome to Real Talk Podcast. Today's topic, we're going to talk about Black is Beautiful, International Women's Day, and Relationship 101. I have a special guest on. I'm going to introduce herself. Women Day um, this past uh, week. Um, what are your thoughts and inspires of International Women Day? When it comes to International Women, I appreciate um, the thought. Like we get a day that's devoted to us, but people always always get a little friction for this one because a lot. Of, I think that just like Black History Day and any other day that we shouldn't exactly have one day that honors just women or just Black people because. trauma and that's 
radicalized. So it's like my platform is just giving them a space to walk through their trauma, even though they remove themselves from it. Agreed. Um, and also, men go through trauma as well. You know, I, I know we hear about um, the woman, you know, having her trauma and those things. Um, but you do have a lot of men that go through silent trauma um, as a kid growing up. And, it, and it's hard for them um, to explain those things. Um, have you had any guys um, reach out to you, even though I know you have, you know, your, your basis about women, but have you had any guys to actually reach out to you? No, I talked to a lot of guys about it, but not like they didn't reach out to me for help. But most of like just having like general conversations. And I agree, a lot of men suffer suffer in silence. When I say silence, I mean deep silence. And they just feel like they have to put on this mask and like I'm okay, everything okay, I can do it all by myself. And I tell them all the time, like a, your team and your support is gonna be your best asset when you're dealing with something. Like you don't have to cover it up. Like you have a right to cry. You have the right to express yourself. I feel like men and women are equal. So the same support that women get, men should get too. Agreed. Um, do you think some of that trauma um, tends to stimulate from um, the parents, you know, growing up and then also, you know, in, in relationships? Because we also talk about those things as well, um, you know, how a man should be able to treat a woman or how a woman should be able to uh, treat a man. Yes, I do. Relationship is the big factor. Relationship, most, most trauma come from relationship. It's the interaction with people. And when someone, so the, the foundation of trauma is when someone betray your trust or say, or deny you safety. So you don't feel safe in their presence. And that mostly comes from parents. If your parents did not create a place of safety for you, then you start to look for safety in other places. And you're supposed to feel safe at home. And that's when you go out into the world seeking something and you end up getting more traumatized because that you didn't know how to secure a safe place at home. So you're going into the world seeking for something that you don't know what what exactly you're looking for. Agreed. Um, now let's talk about uh, pretty much dating in 2023. Um what encouraging words can you give um, a single woman that's um, pretty much trying to date in 2023? Find yourself first. The biggest thing about dating is that we go into relationships broken. Um, there's, no, there's no way that you could go into a relationship broken and think that you can get fixed with the relationship. You have to be fixed before you go into the relationship for the relationship to be successful. Um, and that's the same thing that I also tell men, um, you know, pretty much uh, find yourself, heal yourself first. Uh, it's important instead of jumping from pretty much uh, woman to woman. Um, that's not cool at all. Um, and there's nothing wrong with seeking counseling. Um, you know, counseling, it is important. You know, I know that's a that's a tough cookie that we try not to bite um, in the African-American community when you talk about counseling. Um, but counseling is, is actually good for you. You know, hey, self-counseling is good for you and your spouse, you know, where y'all could be able to turn the relationship light off and turn the friendship light on and be able to talk to each other as friends. Um, also, too, we have to learn to get back to eating at the table as a family. You know, we used yeah. to do it. You know, we used to do it back in the days. You know, mom and dad, you know, they used to sit us at the table and we used to be able to eat. Now, pretty much everybody just grab their food and they're eating wherever they want to eat and they're on the phone, those things on social media and put that phone down, you know, and, and have like that family 
uh, conversation, that family bond is important. You know, social media is not going nowhere. The telephone is not going nowhere. The person that calls you or texts you is not going nowhere. It's, it's not that important than the family time and the family bonding that you need to do um, with your spouse. Totally agree, totally agree. It's connection. It's connection point. A lot of people go into relationships not even knowing who their spouse is. Like when that pandemic hit, like, oh, people, like, it went crazy. Relationships broke because of the pandemic because people don't know how to sit with their partner or sit with their family. They never had to do that quality time because after a certain time, after sitting in the house for so long, the TV is no longer interesting. The, the phone is no longer interesting. And all the other stuff that you usually preoccupy your life with is no longer there. And now you have no other choice but to sit with that person and sit and understand them. And then you realize, oh, I actually don't have that much in common with this person. I actually really don't know this person. This person actually agitate me in ways that I didn't notice because I've been avoiding this person and not fully engaging with this person. It's to connect and engage with people. And even those little minor things that cause people to break during the pandemic could have been resolved by you actually spending time with that person because you would have learned how to interact with that person and you would have learned those coping mechanisms that you would have learned in the relationship process. Like, it's some things is not deal breakers. It's just learning how to operate in those situations. And a lot of people didn't learn that because they didn't take that time. Relationships move really fast in 2023 and people just jump into stuff and not even knowing themselves or knowing their partner and just going by a feeling. Yeah, I agree. Not enough. And relationships, and people don't realize that love is the love is the starting point. It's more after that. Yeah, I definitely agree on that. Um, and which I've seen a lot of people, like you said again, uh, they was just in those relationships and they was comfortable in those relationships of marriages because of hey i'm working eight ten hours a day you know and i'm and i'm gone pretty much driving to work 30 minutes there 30 minutes back you know so i'm pretty much gone a total of 12 hours a day once i come home and i shower and i eat you know pretty much i got a few hours to deal with this person and hey lay it down and go to sleep and do it back over again but we didn't realize when the pandemic ended up hitting you know a lot of people had got laid off or you know they had to work remote now by you working remote especially if both of y'all working remote and both of y'all got a computer you know sitting at the house now y'all at the house 24 7 compared to seeing each other uh four or six hours a day it's kind of crazy exactly and then those people that have like the trauma bonds that definitely got exposed and like you, you you start to see the trauma and you start to, the interaction with people start to become very, very toxic because you thought that you were bonded by love, but you were actually bonded by trauma. And then in those moments, you started, the, the trauma started to leak. Right. And it started to interact and it started to convulse and it became dangerous and toxic real quick. Right, agree. And that's what we're starting to see now on social media. It's like um, toxic relationships are starting to be the new normal. Um, when you when you look at these different um, celebrities, you know, these toxic celebrities, you see this celebrity with that celebrity and you see them putting all type of toxic stuff on on the Internet. But it's like we're we're praising that. And I always say this, that, um, you know, especially in the, in the black community, that we don't praise 
positive. We praise negativity on a systematic level. We don't really praise anything positive. We don't congratulate, you know, saying this person for being married 35 years. Or we don't praise this person for having their own business um, 20 plus years. Or, you know, those things of being an entrepreneur, you know, those things. It's like we don't really praise the things that we should be praising, but we tend to praise toxic energy that's becoming the new normal now. But that goes back to like what I said earlier about the um, toxic, like the, the stuff in your DNA. It goes back to um, not knowing our history because, you know, back in the day, we had watched the slave mess uh, abuse our people. And we, ha- we had front view. We had the first seat view of, the t- uh, of abuse to our people. And it was uh, it became our entertainment now because it became a part of our norm. Because that's what we watch every day. Our people get fucked up. Our people get messed up. Our people be abused and abused and abused because now it's like it became our new norm. Our norm wasn't before slavery. Our norm was our family staying together, connection. But after that, it became us being broken. So now brokenness is our entertainment because it be, it's part of us. Don't realize that it's part of us. Until, like you say, you look in the mirror, or if you end up going through that situation to where now you yeah. have to go seek counseling, and you get those yeah. uh, those those questions being asked um, by the psychiatrist. You know, like, hey, what did you do um, wrong in the relationship, or what did you do um, right in the relationship, and those things. And it's like the wrong tends to outweighs the the right. Yeah people start to walk in accountability we have to start like even i tell the women that i talk to all the time like i didn't i never say like i don't victim shame but i i do allow i do tell people to take accountability because like i'm not saying that person had a right to do what they did to you but at some point at some time where do you walk where do you come into play at some point, it's, you have to take accountability. You made the choice to stay. You made the choice to interact with this person after they did what they did. And I get that sometimes it's hard to walk away. But knowing that you could have walked away, like I could, you had the option, it was always on the table. Like I could walk away from this situation right now, but I'm choosing to stay. If that choice is due to lack self, lack of self-worth, lack of self-esteem, lack of confidence, lack of finances, it's still a choice that you made and it's not going to feel good about taking accountability but the only way to move forward is to take accountability to of where you went wrong and what you could have did so that you could no longer make that mistake in the future and if you decide to use that don't take accountability for that moment in your life and, and put that blame on somebody else that is going to be an area that you will not work on it's not about like a shaming or making you feel bad for making that choice it's about taking accountability that choice so that you can no longer repeat that choice. Um, how important is uh, generational wealth in African American community? Oh, it's powerful. We definitely, that's what I'm trying to build for my kids right now. Definitely, it's about breaking the chain, pretty much getting us out of this depression that we are in right now. It's about building legacy. And once we learn how to unite our families, our families will start to unite with other families and it will build uh, a shift in our world, in our community. Okay. Um, what do you feel the need 
to us um, to be able to build that shift in need um, because, you know, we always bring up the Black Wall Street in Tulsa or, you know, in North Carolina or in Philadelphia or in Chicago. We, we always bring up um, the Black Wall Streets in those different um, cities and different states. What do you feel like we can do um, at this point in time to rebuild the Black Wall Street? Me personally, um, I think that unity starts within family. So we could go out here and try to reach and um, fix everybody else's family and try to unite other people, but if our family, our foundation is not good, then it's not going to work. I think every black every black family needs to start at home. We need to fix our foundation first before we try to fix try to bring a foundation that's going to shake because a lot of us like we want to be united but we don't know how to be united so we need to work on it in our homes first and then bring it outside of our homes agreed um definitely agree on that um and and, and building um generational wealth is very important you know for you know for our kids and our grandkids and grandkids and, and family members and those things um like i said again you know generational wealth is important um you know we have to get back to the trades that we used to have like the roofing the plumbing the carpentry the landscaping um the mechanic um, we used to have those things, um, but it's like now we really don't have those things. It's like everybody is in the workforce or corporate America, they quote-unquote say, and everybody is trying to compete for this position. And it's going to be some people that's going to be left out of those positions uh, um, to be able to build that um, wealth for their family. But we have to get back to the ground roots of what it used to be. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, um, <clears throat> with my kids... Um, you know, my, my daughter turned 14. She's like, oh, my, I want to get my working papers. I was like, no way, Jose. It's the same energy you can put into going to a nine-to-five, the same energy we're going to put into creating something of your own. So my daughter does art, and she's very good at art. I'm like, so we're going to invest into that. We're going to invest our time into your summer that you would have been working on. Your summer that you would have been working your um, summer youth job. We're going to invest into creating your... Um, art business, spend time creating art, making art, and then um, we go to like vendor shows where she go and sell her art. It's just a way for her to empower herself and show her that you don't have to work for somebody else and you can do it yourself. The same effort that you put into making somebody else rich, you can put into making yourself rich. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I have to work a nine to five and I have to do that, but I refuse to let my kids go into this industry and be mind-washed or get used to working a nine-to-five because once you get used to it, you're going to be conditioned to it. I don't want them to be conditioned to a nine-to-five. I want them to be conditioned to be in an enterprise, um, a business owner. So when they do, when they, a situation do come, like when money is low, they know how to go and they know what to do. They have that foundation already set in stone. Like, if, even if this business drawn, I know how to build another one. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. a nine to five, you got the work ethic, but you don't have the smarts that to go with the business because you're 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 hoping somebody else run your business. You're not actually running your business. You don't know the stress and the the work that has to go into running your own business. Um, and that's those things that we definitely have to work on. Um, because I look at Black America now and the debt that Black America in. We're not going to even go on a 
larger scale, we would keep it more in the middle far as uh, student loan, student loan debts. Now let's look at this student loan debt. 43% of African Americans that have a bachelor and master degree are in in debt over 250,000. And so out of this 43%, it's only 7% of African Americans that's actually working in the field that they're in with their bachelor and master's. So now you have these other percentages of people that are not even working in the field that they're in. And so now they're basically indebted into a debt for the rest of their lives. And I also tell people this is where we have to learn to invest into ourselves so what we can't really depend on anybody else. Because if you think about the lenders, the lenders don't mind giving you a student loan. They don't mind giving you a car loan. And they don't mind giving you a house loan. But it's rare they give you a business loan. So they don't mind. So yeah. So they don't mind putting you in two hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of uh, student loan debt. They don't mind putting you in uh, uh, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars worth of uh, car debt. They don't even mind putting you in a four hundred and fifty thousand dollar house debt. But when you ask for a business loan, they're not going to be able to give you that $450,000 business loan because they know you're going to take that business loan, flip it within two years, and you give them their money back plus interest, and now you're not in their pockets anymore. So they want to be in your pockets for the next between um, 27 to 35 years. So when they pass on, their kids is in your pockets. Exactly, exactly. A lot of people don't agree with me when I say I'm like, I'm, I'm like in the process of buying a home right now. And it was like, well, you just go get a loan. It's like, no way, Jose, this is my property. I want it to be mine. I want to pay for my stuff full out because I feel like if I was to stumble, if I was to stumble across any, any part of my life and it comes to a period where I cannot pay my home, it's no, it's not my home. You know what I'm saying? They have the power over my family. They have the power of if my family. That's why I said, like, the government and shit like this have the power over if my family eats. If we have somewhere to sleep, if we have lights and gas, because they have the power. So at some point, you have to try to take the power back in some place in some way. And I feel like if I'm going to buy my home, um, I'm going to buy it with my money. So it's the last liability. I can have less liability of someone coming in and taking my stuff if I don't have the financial whereabouts. So I feel like paying out cash for your home is the best asset for me. As it might not be for everybody else, but for me, because I want to pass that down to my kids. I want that to be their home, and I don't. That's part of the general, the generational wealth that I want to pass on. Like having a foundation. A lot of Black families don't have homes. We're renting. They don't have no. They have no foundation. And um, even if your kids do not live in your home, they can rent out. That is another source of income. Our first home is going to be a rental property. It's going to be a home that we lived in, but it's going to be converted into a rental property as we move on upon our journey and building wealth. So it's definitely just building that foundation, understanding what the game that people are playing with you, and understanding why they're doing it. And educating yourself on what's going to be the best move for you and your family to make sure you guys are successful in the future and generations to come. Generations to come. Agreed. Um, especially we have to get back to those um, ground roots that we used to have. Um, 
you know, a lot of a, a lot of our kids, um, they don't really have that um, agricultural um, class anymore. You know, yeah, they may have these uh, courses and stuff at um, at colleges, but they don't have a lot of these courses at um, high schools the way that they used to be. You know, kids used to learn how to um, fish and kids used to learn how to grow um fruits and vegetables and those things. It's like now a lot of kids don't um, have that in the African-American community, so we have to get back to the ground roots of doing those things because of, say, the economy end of crashing, and we don't have any uh, supplies as far as uh, um, vegetables and those things like, uh, or, you know, the, the the pre-processed food that we've been used to getting stuff that's already pre-made and pre-packaged and those things like what do these kids have to go out here and you have to go actually go fish a lot of these kids actually scared to go go fishing you know or grab a fish a lot of these kids really go scared to go out there and get their hands dirty in the soil so we used to have those things back in the days and we have to get back to those ground roots because ground roots is very important i totally agree and like here in my city, Baltimore, New York, like our high schools and stuff like that, they do not have, like, they don't have, like, those classes. We have vocational um, centers that does that, but those centers are only connected to the suburbs where all the Caucasian people reside. So they get, their high schools are connected to the vocational trainers where you can go into those different kind of things and learn those things, but our, our city schools do not have that access to those vocationals. You can only have those vocational trainers after you graduate from high school, and then you have to presume yourself. Wow, it's crazy how they redline um, the black community and the white community. It's crazy how they redline that. Yeah, they do that. That's wild. You know, well, a lot of people, a lot of African Americans do in my city. They'll like you got you have to have a resident in those areas, so they'll they'll find somebody to sign their kids up for that schooling, right? To get those those benefits and stuff like that. So it's fucked up that we got to do it that way, but that's how that's how you got to beat the system. Yeah. It's wild. This is definitely a, um, a a great conversation that we will continue on. Um, do you have any closing remarks? Just my closing remark is just for everybody to just work on themselves and just follow your foundation of who you are and what you want to do with your life and learn your history and try to track it back. Like do something to discover yourself and learn yourself on every day. Every day process is a, a process of learning yourself because if we're not growing, we're dying. And our goal in life is to grow and be the best version of ourselves. So my advice for you is to learn something new about yourself and learn something new about your history every day so that um, the best generational thing to pass on to your kids and to your family is education and wisdom. Money is powerful, but with education and wisdom, they can make any they can make any amount of money. So that is like the best advice that I can give. And yes, if um, somebody wanted to um, reach out to you, how can they get in contact with you? They can get in contact with me. They can go to my website at www.letrosespeak.com, or they can find me on all social media platforms at Let Rose Speak and um, at Rose Jones. Um, Instagram, TikTok. Thank you very much. I want to thank my special guest for coming on. And my name is Terrence J. And we out.
me down for whatever. There were few things that's forever. My lady, we can make war or make babies. Back when I was nothing, you made a brother feel like he was something. That's why I'm with you to this day, boo, no frontin'. Even when the skies were gray, you would rub me on my back and say, baby, it'll be okay. Now that's real to a brother like me, baby. Never ever give my booty away. Keep it tight, alright? And I'm on your in a fat-ass crib with thousands of kids When you like, you don't need a ring to be my wife Just be there for me and I'ma make sure we Be living in the effing lap of luxury I'm realizing that you didn't have to fuck with me But you did, now I'm going all out, kid And I got mad love to get my nigga Please be on another level of planning, of understanding the bond between 